right, welcome to episode six of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubinell. Today we're going to be looking at season one, episode six of The Critic, Eyes on the Prize. Uh, but before we dive into the episode, I actually have another uh, special guest. Uh, would you guys please welcome uh, someone you may recognize from The Critic and from elsewhere, uh, it's Orson Wells. Hello, Orson. Welcome to the show. Hello, Brian. Thank you for having me here on the on the radio. Yeah. So, how's it going? I guess you're you're dead. So, am, am I talking yes. to your ghost right now? Exactly. Wow. I, I, I also guested as a ghost on this very show. That's right. That's right. We uh, we are going to get some Orson Wells in this episode. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, you show up later on. You, I, I have to say, you are actually one of my favorite parts of this entire series. Well, thank you. You, you can say that of, of, of any television show I was on, especially that awful Dean Martin sketch comedy show. Uh, what, Rowan and Martin's laughing? No, no. Dean Martin had his own sketch comedy show. It's real. Oh. Go look it up. Some of the sketches are upwards of 12 minutes long. Oh, my God. Yeah, was that ba- that must have been back in the day when a, a TV show could be like 90 minutes. Yes, there were there were no real rules or standards. Yeah. Uh, so so what's heaven like? I, I imagine you, you must have all the, uh, uh, you know, uh, fish sticks and frozen yes. peas that you can this eat is, up there. This is pills and they're even better raw. They're so good. There's infinite fish sticks, and up here there are no critics. They're just not let in. So, did you? Um, wh- what did you think of the way the the show, the critic, portrayed you? I think it was as accurate as anything else I've ever been in. I I I, I truly loved to eat. That's that's not in dispute. <laughs> I guess that's true. And I know that Hollywood studios ever since. Um, you know, the Magnificent Ambersons, you had a, a for- unfortunate history of studio meddling in your work. Oh, those rotten bastards studios. I'm so glad the studios are basically dead. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, Disney is pretty much just gobbling them all up one by one. And they deserve it. So you're so you're kind of rooting for the whole Hollywood system to to crash and burn, I take it. I'm rooting for TikTok. Oh, wow. So if if you were alive, you would you would be on TikTok. I would be on TikTok. I would do it all in black and white with really great noir and lighting. But I, I would be on TikTok. It's a place for independent creators. Oh, my God. I would love to see some Orson Welles TikToks. Heaven is sponsored by TikTok. It's just me dancing to remixes of my voice from the Transformers. <laughs> uh, I think we would all love to see that. So what do you so we talked about the the studio system. What do you think about films these days? Do you think filmmaking as an art form has evolved at all since your time? I think it's mostly fallen apart, but that's that's how it should be, you know. I mean, like I, I I've said before that, you know, film is sort of an easy medium and great great film was happening because that was the art of the time, just as great plays were the art of the time back in Shakespeare's day, but now we we we've got to evolve past that. And I think I think improv is the future. Oh, you think improv is the future? Wow. Yes, yes. It was very, just, it's a new American invention. It's barely in its, no one's tapped its real potential. So that, that actually reminds you, do you, do you hang out with Del Close up there? Well, no, he's, 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 he's got back on heroin since he got up here. Oh my God, there's heroin in heaven? Well, because 
there's no Sharna in heaven. Who could who, who could keep him clean? Well, that's right. I guess she's still stuck down here. Yes, sort of a hell for the rest of you. <laughs> oh, true enough. True enough. Uh, all right. Well, Orson, thank you so much for your time. And thank you, thank you for your contributions to this awesome show. You're very welcome. I have to get back to my fish sticks now. All right. And oh, my God, he just got sucked up through a portal. I guess that's how you get back to heaven. Wow. Okay, well, that was certainly something. Uh, but now let's let's actually introduce my regularly scheduled guest for this uh, episode, uh, a uh, comedian uh, and uh, podcaster and Twitch streamer in his own right. Uh, please welcome Frankie Griffin. Hello. Thanks for having me, Brian. I can't believe I just missed Orson Welles. Oh, I know. It's I, it was so it was so weird. I didn't do a like a seance or, or anything like that. He just sort of appeared. <laughs> just, he just sort of popped in. <laughs> this podcast might be haunted. Ooh. Yeah. You know, now is probably the worst time in recent history to be haunted by anything. Well, because we're all stuck inside. We can't <laughs> yeah, escape. Like, where do you go? Like in the horror movie, like the you always like, why just, just move out of the house? But now you can't, you are actually stuck with the ghost. Yeah, that's true. They, they usually come up with some contrived reason to trap people (laughs) in their house in those movies. And, (laughs) and now it's, it's like we're living in one of those movies. It sure is. And speaking of movies. Ah, yes. We are here to talk about a show all about movies. Um, Yeah. yeah, The critic. Uh, So we're looking at, Season one, episode six, Eyes on the Prize. Uh, So just to give the synopsis here. After the failure of his thousandth episode special and party, Jay is told that his TV show, Coming Attractions, is in trouble. It's time to take drastic measures. Yeah, so uh, (laughs) this is kind of a setup for an episode that we've sort of seen before of basically Duke trying to meddle with Jay and get him to, to change the show. Um, but I think we do get a lot of good gags in this episode and we kind of hit some new territory. And, and what's, what was wild to me is this is halfway through season one and they're already like so able to get so meta (laughs) with the show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, they really like, they're not afraid to like have Jay, like just like cancel the show or lose the show and, and try something completely new. So much happens in this episode. Like I, I, I forgot how pet, like we don't even get to the Pulitzer prize part to the last like five minutes. Yeah. It really moves <laughs> fast. And the plot definitely is very freewheeling. Like characters are introduced in one scene and then we never see yeah, them again. Gone. And just gags just come and go at a, he a gets, lightning He pace. gets morbidly obese in the middle. Yeah. He goes through so many changes. All right, but let's uh, so let's start at the beginning. Okay. So yeah. we actually start with um, Jay interviewing the <laughs> poison spitting dinosaur from yeah. Jurassic Park. I've got to tell you, I hated that scene in Jurassic Park where you spit poison in the obnoxious fat guy's face. <laughs> I did not see that coming. That's where we we start at a insane level of magical reality where an actual dinosaur yeah. <laughs> is on Jay's show. 
Well, in a previous episode, we had a singing, dancing, or not singing, but a, a dancing bear. <laughs> and uh, I guess, yeah, having a, a the dinosaur from Jurassic Park <laughs> is, is a heightening from that. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And that basically gets us into the fact that we are on Jay's thousandth episode spectacular. <laughs> yes. Which makes me think, like, is Jay's show like five days a week? Because I don't, I, I don't know if if, I, I if you're a movie is. review show, you would run out of material very quickly. So but wasn't uh, Siskel and Ebert on every day? No, they were they were uh, once a week, I think. Oh really? I guess I, I just I, I must have this false memory of childhood of like them always being on. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess this is Jay's thousandth episode, so he's been doing it for however long. Like he's thirty six. Maybe he oh, started yeah. when he <laughs> that was. That was a that was a depressing reveal. <laughs> I, know. I know, right? He, yeah, everyone was so much older back then. <laughs> so on Jay's thousandth episode, spectacular. We get some clips, I guess, from from past shows that are, you know, we haven't actually seen them before. They're just for this episode, but they're great. Which everyone gives a lot of credit to Community to, which it kind of deserves, but like Critic out there years before. Oh, yeah. For the fake, the, the fake clip show. Oh, yeah. I mean, Critic was, I think, groundbreaking in a lot of ways. Like a lot of like the random cutaways, like that's basically Family Guy's whole, whole deal. But oh, yeah. And, 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 and this one even has a random cutaway that becomes a non-random bit later when we see Jay playing in his dorm with his slot cars. Oh, yeah. Because it, it seems like a gag, and then it's it's in his student film later. Yeah. Like that's just genius. Like I love that. Yeah, the slot cars come back. But on on the thousandth episode, spectacular. The first oh, fake yeah. clip of an old show we get is his interview with Cher. <laughs> you no good. <laughs> you you piece. <laughs> kiss my white feminine toned and tattooed. <laughs> which is another gag that I've def- I've definitely seen pop up in other shows. Sure. I remember it was on South Park, or it was, and it was in um, Happy Gilmore. Just the long, uninterrupted stream of profanity that gets bleeped out. I I think that's that's just a great gag. It's, it's classic. Funny. Yeah. Whenever you can pull that off. I wonder if it'll like how much longer it'll still make sense because like it's so hard to find bleep stuff. Like no one's bleeping anything really nowadays, right? Oh yeah, because so much stuff is just on streaming or yeah. online, just stuff that is outside of the FCC's um, <laughs> yeah. domain. Yeah, I don't know. I hope. Well, th- there's always, I think, comedy writers to to hold the torch <laughs> and keep that keep that gag going. Comedy writers do love old stuff. I mean, people will get it. Like you'll see, like YouTubers like bleep themselves sometimes. Oh. Yeah. Um. Then we get. We get our first celebrity guest of this episode. We get Adam West coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. Tell us all about your amazing film career. Well, Jay, one of my most amazing films is The Happy Hooker Goes Hollywood. It came out in 1980. It's one I'm sure you enjoyed all the way to the end. All right. Thank you. We're out of time. I just got here. I loved seeing Adam West. I don't think they really used him that great here. It's just sort of like Jay is just not very impressed with him. He's not that excited yeah well this is like before he was interesting again right this is he yeah he, 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 he was, was like he was merely washed up at this point yeah yeah because it was definitely after 
Batman, and he was just sort of, yeah, not known for much at the time, no. I guess. I don't know if he was, like, promoting something at the, sh- at the time when this show was on. I think he was just gettable. Like, <laughs> I think the, because yeah. the, the other reference in that scene is Lauren Green, which is also kind of a deep cut, even in, ni- even in the mid-90s. Yeah, there's a few deep cuts in this uh, episode because yeah I definitely did not know who Lauren Green was and then <laughs> later at the Pulitzer Prize ceremony we get uh, uh, Norman Breslin yes who just died like or sorry Jimmy ago. Breslin Jimmy J- Breslin. Jimmy Breslin yeah um, who yeah I I actually looked up I guess he was a famous New York columnist and <laughs> won a Pulitzer Prize himself. So I guess it kind of makes sense for him to host the Pulitzer Prize ceremony. It, it, but it makes sense, but like who in the audience would have gotten that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I yeah, I definitely would not have gotten it uh, at the time. And maybe maybe we're both just terribly ignorant of New York journalism. <laughs> you know, that's that's <laughs> I'm I'm OK admitting that I am definitely <laughs> ignorant of New York journalism. Like I know just enough to know that I hate David Brooks and I hate <laughs> most of the New York Times editorial page. Yeah, it's bad stuff. <laughs> and that's about it. All right. So uh, after the kind of disastrous Adam West interview, we fast forward to the after party. And wouldn't you know it? Absolutely no one is there. Uh, and there's so many gags in this segment. Oh, yeah. Like we get the the fruit basket that Jay just throws to the floor. We get the note from Doris who oh. says she's <laughs> what does she say that she's she's uh, there was an unexpected Ill. death in the family. Dear Mr. Sherman, if it weren't for an untimely death in my family, I would have been at your party, Doris. Come on, spare. Yes. Well, and like even like right away, there's a visual gag on the banner where it's. It says, like, congratulations, Pee Wee Herman, which has been crossed out to make oh, it Jay Sherman instead. Oh, God. I love a good banner gag. <laughs> like, Arrested Development probably has my yeah. favorite, but uh, they're always good. The uh, Oh, the well, I got to shout out the ones in uh, BoJack Horseman as well. Um, I don't know if you've seen that show, but. I have not because I heard it was really depressing. It does get depressing but it's also really funny mostly uh but it's got yeah it's got great banner based jokes that uh, <laughs> I, I won't spoil for you if you decide okay. to watch the show thank eventually. you i appreciate it yeah so because no one comes to the after party here's where sort of the the plot of the show kind of kicks in right. so duke comes in says you know jay's show is in trouble he's repeating himself we get this tape of jay reviewing oh, such a good yeah <laughs> he was reviewing three tom cruise movies <laughs> and they're the exact same review verbatim your problem is you're starting to repeat yourself rain man a few good men the firm is, is the, the latest, latest stinker from, from tom, tom cruise. cruise he doesn't, he doesn't act, act anymore he's, he's on, on cruise, cruise control, control. <laughs> 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 i just I, I just made, made that up. Hachi machi. Yeah, and then I guess the, the last thing in, in this scene, the one woman shows up and <laughs> turns out she's actually a fan of Bobby Sherman, the singer, 
So Jay just kind of rolls with it and Sings starts singing. Anyway. Would you sing the theme from Here Come the Brides for me, please? Wait a minute. You think he's Bobby Sherman? Shh. The bluest skies you've ever seen in Seattle. And the hills, the greenest green in Seattle. How are you? Like a beautiful child growing up free and wild in Seattle. In Seattle. Yeah! But Jay, Jay does so many voices and characters and like he's actually a really good entertainer. <laughs> yeah, I, I do enjoy whenever Jay sings on this show, which is actually pretty often. It's testament I, to, 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 to John Lovitz, really. Yes, the eminent talent of John Lovitz. <laughs> uh, Thank you. <laughs> I definitely did not realize until I was watching the show again for this podcast just how much he sings. Like it's like usually once per episode. Yeah. It's, it's a very musical show. <laughs> so the next day, Jay is at lunch with his hunky Australian actor friend, Jeremy <laughs> Hawk. Oh, so this is where we get the first flashback to college where Jay yes. is racing slot cars. When I was in college, man, I could go at it all night long. And it's lap 397 in the Jay Sherman 500. Vroom, 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 vroom. Hey, Jay, we broke my bed. Can we use yours? Okay, but your car is four laps behind. <laughs> Loser. He goes, I used to be able to go all night long. <laughs> and it's him. And then his roommate, I love that you find out he's racing his roommate's slot car for yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> like his roommate was just humoring him. He's like, yeah, I'll race slot cars with you, whatever. Yeah, start without me. <laughs> um. I, I actually did go through kind of a, a slot car phase as a child. <laughs> oh, no, like, so did I. Yeah, it, it was kind of a fad, wasn't it? Like in the 90s, like like you could go to a, like, like a revival of them. Yeah, like you could just go to like a slot car store where they yeah. would have like tracks set up and you could like buy custom parts for your own slot yeah. car. Because like my dad used to play with the more dangerous versions <laughs> when he was oh, really? younger. Well, yeah, like he like, or at least this is this is my recollection of boy. But and then and then he like got us into slot cars, and we spent a lot of time playing them. And like, I got really familiar with with, with the smell of like overheating metal. Oh yeah. You. <laughs> and uh, as much as you know, you're not supposed to do this. I would always just jam the accelerator and watch the car go flying off the track. That was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then Jeremy says he's actually 43 years old. <laughs> Jay immediately spills the beans. And then we get just this, these rapid fire, like <laughs> gags of Jeremy being 43. Like it's on the cover of tabloids. It's on, it's in the news. We get Bob Hope making jokes Bob about Hope it. Bob Hope makes jokes about it. Hey, I don't want to say Jeremy Hawk is old, but when he went to the DMV to get his driver's license, there was no line. Hey, that's old, man. Whoa! I haven't seen a wave this big since Delta Burke did a belly flop into Shelly Winter's jacuzzi. And then Bob Hope gets carried out to sea? Yeah. <laughs> For no real reason other than it's funny, I guess, to watch Bob Hope get washed out. 
Yeah, so that's definitely the thing about this show. Like, rapid-fire jokes, like, so all over dense. the place. It To the point where the, the, the plot of the show just kind of takes a back seat a lot of the time. But, you know, I don't really have a problem with that. The no, plots yeah. are usually so... <laughs> so simple that they're just there to be a, a launching pad for jokes anyway, right. uh, which I think is the real strength of this show. Just like so many memorable jokes and gags, just a million a minute. Powerful joke writing. Yeah, probably, you know, it's that it's got to be that Simpsons pedigree, right? From uh, I, I think so. Al Jean yeah. and Mike Reese. Like, yeah. I, 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 I could definitely see like a, like a Jimmy Breslin reference fitting in final. <laughs> Simpsons. Yeah, but so the so yeah so the actual only plot point from this scene with Jeremy <laughs> is that he gives Jay a business card for a personal image consultant, Adolf Hitmaker, <laughs> <laughs> who uh, when we meet him in the next scene, he's voiced by Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, which yeah, it's a surprising, uh, nice surprise to see. I know you're going to tell me to lose weight. Don't you dare. If you want the world to love you, you must be big and jolly like Santa Claus or Rush Limbaugh. You mean I can eat whatever I want? Wow, you're not just some quack, are you? A quack? Could a quack have escaped from a mental hospital in the Philippines? I don't think so. But this also kind of gets back to to what we were saying earlier. Like, Adolf Hitmaker is in this <laughs> one scene, and then, like, that's it. Like, he doesn't come back. That's it. Yeah. There's a lot of setup. There's, they, they, he's, he's a, like, they spent a lot of time designing him visually because he has a very specific look. Oh, yeah. He's got like a weird uh, goatee. goatee. And his hair's like dyed partially. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But th- th- that's it. That's it. He's there for like 90 seconds. Yep. Then, just a one and done. <laughs> and you find out he's from, he escaped an insane asylum. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then I, I forget what like the actual line is, but basically he he tells Jay to like start bulking up or or yeah. something. Because well, he like, he's like, you're gonna tell me to to, to lose weight. Just lose weight. Why would I say that? Yeah. So then the next day on the show, we see yeah, Jay is now like twice as big. Like literally, he he's even like so taller because he's just like giant, and he's like. <laughs> Yeah, eating tons of junk food. <laughs> he goes, John, candy, don't mind if I do. <laughs> yeah, and we see these uh, reactions from uh, people watching the show. We get, like, his usual stoned college student audience. Right. Uh, we get Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. <laughs> in a quick only, cameo. Yeah, he's only shown from behind, probably yeah. so he wouldn't be able to actually sue. <laughs> Well, we see, like, I mean, Marlon Brando also shows up where you know it's Marlon Brando. So I don't think that was the fear. But, but yeah, we only see him from the back. He's not named or called out or anything. Right. Um, but then I think my, my favorite one from this quick little sequence is we go to, like, a electronics store where there's a <laughs> yeah. wall of TVs and the guy is trying to sell a TV <laughs> to some people. and He's got digitally enhanced sound. <laughs> yeah. And each TV comes with state-of-the-art, digitally-enhanced sound. And he, basically, he puts on Jay's show, and he, his giant face fills up every screen, and we see, we hear this giant belch that uh, sends them running. And they stay there long enough 
<laughs> that that we see the salesman like slump his shoulders because he lost yeah. the sale. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. That leads us immediately into him going for liposuction. Another great gag because they start the machine running. <laughs> the doctor says this will like quickly take all the fat out of your body. And then we just see time passing. It just goes, it just goes outside. And this is like one of the most patient scenes in this whole episode is the, the time slowly passing. As yeah. The they really spend a good amount of time. Cause it goes from like night back into day. Then we see like the leaves fall off the trees. Yeah. And, and then the perfect capper to this scene, oh, like, so a ice cream truck drives by and then Jay uh, runs out and he's got the machine still attached to him. <laughs> he's dragging on it the behind street him. Behind him. Uh, love it. Perfect. Perfect uh, button for that. Scene. And then it's just like, yeah, so he's, he's fat for like two and a half minutes. Like it's a whole thing, but it's, it's a crammed into such a short part of the episode. Yeah. Like on the Simpsons, like Homer's fat for an entire episode and then he's back to normal by the end. But yeah, in this, it's like, a beat in act one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's great. Back at. I think he goes back to the studio and Duke's like clearing it out. Right. Yes. This is where Duke like takes Jay's chair away. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So Jay says he's got to come up with some better ideas and he gets naked in his <laughs> yeah. office. That's his process. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know you and I, we're both writers. We're both creative people. <laughs> I don't actually do that to get the juices flowing. Yeah, it's not necessary. <laughs> and it's like, I, I guess it pays off because they kind of make a joke out of it. But it's just kind of like. I, 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 I honestly think they thought of the joke of him getting fired naked. Like, OK, yeah. how do we make that make sense? Yeah, so they probably worked backwards with it. <laughs> it feels like they worked backwards because he even says like Hemi like he brings up other writers who had like a weird thing like he's like Hemingway wrote standing up and he has some other reference. Being naked inspires me artistically. Ernest Hemingway he used to write standing up. Agatha Christie used to write in the bathtub while eating apples. Please keep talking. The spray makes me feel like I'm at Coney Island. Um, but yeah, so Duke does burst in the office while Jay is writing <laughs> naked and sadly he fires Jay and we get this very like kind of embarrassing scene with Jay uh, naked on his knees begging for his job back and then a photographer comes in. Uh, Mr. Phillips, I'm from a disreputable supermarket tabloid and I won't need a minute more of your time. Another, uh, a second tabloid joke of the episode. Yes. So good. And then the the joke, which kind of feels like now, I, f I feel like the joke's been done a few more, like this this line, like the like the hard cut line. But he goes, but you can't take my dignity. Mm. <laughs> and then Duke throws his clothes out the window and says, fetch boy. Yeah. That's kind of degrading, calling him boy. Like. Uh, so, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's kind of like a southern thing because he's from the south, but yeah, it just feels very like he's flexing his authority. He sure is. Yeah, the Charles Napier is the voice actor. Yeah, yeah. It's Who amazing. I mostly remember as the general from the first Austin <laughs> Powers movie, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he's great. I I mean, Duke is definitely one of my favorite characters. So many 
great gags with him. And he's so insane. And like, he's like, he's like a demigod. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although like in this episode though, like Duke is in it, but he doesn't really have a lot of great gags. I don't think he's mainly well, just there to <laughs> later, bother Jay. Later when, when he surprises Jay by being in the room, <laughs> how did you get in oh. here? And there's a, there's a Duke shaped hole in the wall. Oh yeah. And then, okay. and then, and then when he leaves, he walks through a different wall. Yeah, we hear the, the okay. crashing sound again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, they give Duke that that one funny gag. Just peppered him in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right, so that takes us through Act 1. Uh, as Act 2 begins, we get another one of these one-off characters who's never going to come back, but it's <laughs> Jay visiting his agent. Also voiced by Phil Hartman. Yeah, this really old guy who's... look. Looks like he's seen better days. <laughs> he's popping antacids like they're candy, and uh, he's just kind of very like gruff and uh, like haggard looking. Um, he thinks he thinks Jay is is Pat from SNL. Right. Hey, Bernie, my favorite agent. Hey, you, my favorite guy or girl? I'm a man. Sorry, I thought you were the Pat character from Saturday Night Live. Is it a man? Is it a woman? Who the hell cares? The kids seem to like it, to a point. It's just a little... Phil, Phil, Phil Hartman took a few seconds to shit on SNL. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he starts doing, like, a stand-up routine. Like, he's just insane. And what's with airline peanuts these days? I mean, you need a wrench to open the bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like... Well, and that also shows kind of how out of touch he is because all the things right. he's joking about are right. like, are sort of like, well, who cares about airline peanuts? Like that's <laughs> and, some of the stainless material. How hard they are to open, which is yeah. the, such a bizarre complaint. <laughs> yeah, like not even jokes about like people being allergic <laughs> to them. Nope. Like that's how out of date these jokes are. You need pliers to open them up. It's so, <laughs> just so up there. Yeah. Oh, and then... So, yeah, they they kind of crap on SNL. But then he says uh, he's got one job available. And Jay's like, oh, it's not on Fox, is it? <laughs> Which is funny because this is well, the show was on ABC, but then it went to Fox after ABC yeah. like, dumped it off. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, this show's not afraid to insult anyone because uh, they even I mean, in a later episode, I think they, they basically insult. ABC because like it's like the final line of the episode Jay is like and a special good night to people just tuning in for home improvement <laughs> uh, oh, so yeah so I, I love when they get meta like that it's it's awesome but so the, the the job he takes is a yes. job from stripes English for cab drivers. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Wait, is it is it cab drivers in stripes? Because uh, I know no, I see it just it's like English is a second language, but like yeah, the visually it looks like it just reminded me of the stripes bit. Yeah, it's definitely a, a very similar scene because yeah, it's Harold Ramis in stripes who's teaching right, right. the ESL class, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, in actually in that uh, the class that Jay is teaching, we actually see some of the actual cab driver characters that have popped up in the show before really? they actually bring them back. Yeah. Like the, what an amazing detail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So yeah, Jay is teaching English to cab drivers. My life is a living hell. <laughs> they kind of have trouble saying that, but then uh, he says, uh, The only thing that gets me through the day is lithium. Lithium. Just so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, this ends up not being just a one-off gag. English nope. for cab drivers is going also to come back. back. Um but before we get to that, we kind of just flash to Jay back at his apartment. He's got Margot, he's got Marty and Jeremy, and he's going to show them his student film, L'Artiste Morte. <laughs> and Jeremy gets a bizarre throwaway joke about a porno he was in that no one really reacts to. <laughs> I was in a student film once. Well, it wasn't a student film, actually. Although it had several women dressed as cheerleaders. I played Professor Spankum. And then, like, nobody says anything. <laughs> they just move right on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, def- probably not appropriate for uh, Marty or Margot to hear <laughs> I that. Think, but I think Marty's, like, reacts visually, and then we just move on to the student film. Okay, yeah. And uh, the student film is great. It's every, like, student film stereotype you could imagine. <laughs> It's yeah. super pretentious. It's super arty. It blatantly rips off a bunch of other films that I guess were Jay's influences. <laughs> there's a lot of like B-roll influences. in there. Yeah, like there's there's a King Kong scene. Yep. There's a singing in the rain. Um, there's, there's a very old like a uh, like Mary Melody's cow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's even uh, uh, there's the the dance macabre from the Seventh Seal, which is <laughs> kind of obscure. I just uh, yeah, delightfully obscure reference to. And then like, and it's so and like the level of attention to detail in the animation recreating these references is like oh I mean, yeah, because like, <laughs> this is in this is basically Jay's college student right. film, and we see <laughs> we see the RC cars. Come up oh, yeah. again. Well, but, but I mean, like the like like how they did the the King Kong, how they did the like guy with the like they like had to draw this this stock footage, and it looks like oh yeah, they spent a lot of time making it look like stock footage, but it's still, still like you just like I can't think of any other cartoon at that time that would have spent the budget on mm. doing that. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a lot of animator time by hand. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then I think maybe my favorite student film uh, stereotype that we get here is the, you know, begging your friend to act in it, <laughs> even though they have never acted before. Right. Because um, so, we get, uh, yeah, a girl in a wedding dress coming in and seeing Jay has hanged himself. My darling, I've always loved. Oh, no. Prometheus. Prometheus. She's like, oh, oh no. no, Prometheus. Prometheus, which is the, probably the funniest possible mispronunciation yeah. of Prometheus. Yeah. Um, and I, I forget, is she like literally reading off a script? Like she does she have the script in her hand? She or? has flowers in her hand. OK, yeah. Um, all right. So, yeah. And, and then and then he corrects her audibly. And then, it, yeah. It's Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, one of my favorite gags of this episode, I think. So after after we watch 
J student film. He goes to New York Film School. Lights, camera, unemployment. <laughs> Which is the slogan. Yeah. Um, and then the the professor that he's there to see, <laughs> another Phil Hartman voice. Yep. Professor Blowhard. <laughs> Uh, happens to be showing um, old Orson Welles uh, footage. The, the later works of Orson Welles. A rich, full-bodied wine, sensibly priced at a dollar a jug. And now, for a little magic, I will make this jug disappear. So we get his commercial for wine, which <laughs> I'd honestly forgotten about. I only remembered the, the frozen peas and, and the fish sticks. Oh, yeah. gags. No, the, the wine is called Blotto Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Sensibly uh, priced at, at, at a dollar a jug. <laughs> God, that's t- cheaper than two buck chuck. That's amazing. Yeah. I actually, when I was a, a younger, more reckless man, I actually bought Carlo Rossi in, in the jug once. Wow. And it was possibly the worst wine I've ever had. <laughs> um, and, you know, they don't uh, they could have made a joke about like Francis Ford Coppola's wine. Oh, uh, but did he have uh, wine then? Oh, I don't know if he had it back then. Maybe it's a more recent development. That, that that would have been a really great ref to toss. To toss yeah. in there. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um so, but we do get the the Orson Welles Rosebud's Frozen Peas commercial <laughs> in this scene also. Rosebud. Yes, Rosebud Frozen Peas. Full of country goodness and green penis. Wait, that's terrible. I quit. Just a handful for the road. Oh, what luck. There's a French fry stuck in my beard. Oh, yeah. And you don't realize that country is a dirty joke until he says penis. And it's like retroactively a pun. Oh, I never considered that. I just got the the penis thing. Um, but yeah, I think one of the most memorable lines, probably in the whole series. Definitely. Like, you hear so many people like quoting that and calling back to it. Um, I love it. Uh, but so those those are the definitely the memorable gags in this scene. We do get a bit of plot though, because Professor Blowhard yes. basically kind of reignites Jay's uh, passion for criticism. He says he was born to tear people's dreams apart, <laughs> which uh, is so like yeah, you then- know. <laughs> Everyone needs to find their true passion in life, yeah. and, and 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 he he tells the class everyone should should strive to be an, 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 an independent, independent thinker. thinker, and they go, we should be independent thinkers. Yes, yeah, they all say it in unison. Um, yeah, uh, so so yeah, so that takes us to the end of Act Two. So as Act Three begins, so now Jay is all hyped up. He's motivated. He says he's going to win another. Uh, Pulitzer Prize. We get this flashback to when he won his first Pulitzer Prize, where he's at a, a disco dance, I guess. Yes. Hello, baby. You know what this is? Your dog tags from the Battle of the Nerds. You're mean. It is. Well, it's 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 the it's it's the um this the like the like staying alive or what's that? Oh my yeah. gosh, I can't remember the name of the movie now. Saturday Night Fever disco and and he's wearing the Saturday Night Fever clothes but he does the dance to the song a a different one he does flash dance flash dance yeah yeah he's wearing his Pulitzer (laughs) 
Yeah, which, yeah, he's wearing, like, the framed certificate on a chain <laughs> around his neck, uh, which is great. And then uh, he tries hitting on a woman. It does not go well. But then Jay is like, let's look at that again with the power of imagination. Or, <laughs> er, yeah. Um, which is... Ew, I don't like that memory at all. But wait, let's look at it again through the magic of self-delusion. Yeah, like, we've definitely seen Jay uh, able to get women much more attractive than him uh, <laughs> yeah. in the in the reality of this show. This, this I felt like this is the first time when they kind of do a nod to how <laughs> it would probably actually go. Right. But, 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 but then he goes back and... <laughs> I, I love that even in the fantasy version, he's still fat and bald. Oh, like, sure, yeah, yeah. He doesn't change his appearance <laughs> at all. He just changes the outcome. And then, like, after he dances and gets the gal, everyone in the disco claps and, like, a sign unfurls. Yes. Yeah. We love you, Jay. Oh. Uh, I mean, that's the power of uh, self-delusion right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, then they're like, and then he, he basically says, okay, that's the end of that joke. Back to work. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he tries coming up with a, a topic to write about. I guess we're, he, he's imagining he's going to like write a column and submit it to a newspaper. Yeah, I guess that yeah. show doesn't spend too much time on the logic of that, but nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll just, he's a, he's a well-known uh, TV critic. He can get a. <laughs> column published why not <laughs> and then like the the, t- the title's just like rapid fire like chaplain polanski and woody three men and a little lady ah uh, meathead laverne and opie great filmmakers of our day ah <laughs> yeah. like, holy shit he's right oh yeah because he's talking about um penny marshall penny marshall rob and- rob reiner and uh, opie all <laughs> oh, right. Uh, I never watched Happy Days. Was Opie? That's not. That wasn't Opie's, Ron Howard. Uh, was it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it was Ron Howard's character on the Andy Griffith Show. Oh, on the right Andy Griffith Show. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. Uh, she's talking about. Um, God, I just blinked on his name. Who played Opie again? <laughs> uh, you just told me, well, and I already <laughs> forgot. I just said it, and I and I also just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the guy that directed <laughs> Solo. Uh, Ron the, Howard. Ron Howard. There we go. Jeez. Oh, my God. Sorry, Ron Howard. <laughs> uh, so then uh, Jay's son, Marty, comes to check on him. We get a Shining parody. And, like, they even they even copied exactly how it's – because, like, I went and, and, like, checked the Shining clip afterward – and like how it's typed on the page, like the various shapes, that's how it was done in the Shining film. So again, someone had to mm. go wow. and recreate exactly the like <laughs> typography of the Shining thing. Wow. And this is definitely, I've pointed this out before, this is kind of another joke that also shows up in The Simpsons. Yes. Although it's different enough in The Simpsons. I actually kind of like the way they do it better. Like Marge comes up on the yeah. typewriter and it just says, feeling fine. <laughs> Yeah, and then, then like it's, it's like black black light almost on the walls. Yeah, I think like lightning strikes or something, and that yeah. lights up that it's yeah it's written all over the walls. <laughs> well, um, then it's like no beer and no TV make Homer something something go crazy. Homer, don't mind if I do. Which is like yeah, it's just completely yeah. different enough. Yeah, 
Um, so yeah, that's just a quick little throwaway Shining reference we get. Uh, but then we get Jay going for a walk to, I guess, collect his thoughts, and we see <laughs> the marquees of yeah, all these awful films that are currently Paul, in theaters. Paul Reiser in Seinfeld yes. the movie. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, so good. And then he ends up going to see Merchant, Merchant of, Venice. of Venice starring Keanu Reeves. Have not a dude eyes? If you prick us, do we not get bummed? If we eat bad guacamole, do we not blow chunks? Uh, yeah, early, early Keanu Reeves bashing, I feel like. Well, I think this was also a, a reference to the fact that Keanu Reeves was in a Shakespeare movie. He was what? in... Which um, one? He was in Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing. What? Yeah, I did he's, not know that. He's the villain. I forget the character's name, but yeah, he's the villain in that, and it is hilarious. I know what I'm going to watch tonight. Then. Oh, yes. I mean, it, it is a good movie, but yeah, that's just an extra special treat, seeing young Keanu <laughs> attempt Shakespeare. Um, so yeah, this joke, as funny as it is, also rooted in reality. Uh, Keanu Reeves in Merchant of Venice. Um, although this show definitely loves, you know, they have their their punching bags that they keep going back to. <laughs> Keanu Reeves, definitely one of them. For sure. Because uh, it's in a different episode. Uh, I forget which one, but we get Keanu Reeves and uh, Christian Slater in a Star right. Trek movie. Oh, yeah. Right. Star Trek The X Generation. Right. Which is also funny because Christian Slater was in a Star Trek movie. Oh, which one? He's in Star Trek Six. Okay. He has, a, he has a very small part. Okay. I, I haven't seen, I've seen very few of the Star Treks. I've seen maybe only the first two. Six is like, as a standalone movie, it's really great. It's also one of the best executions of a mystery, like in, okay. in film, because usually films try to make a mystery by just withholding information. So you can't possibly figure it out. But this one, you know, everything Spock knows as he figures it out. So you can, you can actually, it's, it's really good. Okay. This, this, this is a like video essay that I've had in the back of my head for like two years. <laughs> and, uh, that was, was that one directed by Nimoy or directed by Shatner? Cause I know uh, they took Shatner over did five. Okay. Um, Nimoy did four. I don't remember who did six. Okay. Cause yeah, I remember they, they eventually let like Shatner and, and Nimoy in the director's yeah, chair. Shatner did five, which had an ambitious idea of, Star Trek versus God, but the execution yes. was just too bad. Wait, so is it Star Trek Five where we get the line, "What does God need with a spaceship?" Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I yeah, I've heard that before. I have, <laughs> I have no idea what Six is about. Six is uh, a, a Cold War um, allegory. Okay. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, it's really good. The, 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 this. Um, and, oh, I can't remember who played, but, like, there's, like, tons of Shakespeare quoting in that one. There's, they, they even, like, there's a, there's, there's, there's a dinner with uh, the Klingons and, and, the, and the Enterprise crew, and they start quoting Hamlet in Klingon. So someone, <laughs> had, someone had to, like, translate Hamlet into Klingon so the wow. actors could do it. It's pretty great. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> anyway, back to the clinic. Uh, yeah, so uh, Keanu Reeves in Merchant of Venice basically gives Jay his inspiration for <laughs> his uh, soon-to-be Pulitzer Prize-winning column. But instead of writing it, he basically <laughs> delivers it on English well, for cab drivers. He says, 
He says, like, this will be published tomorrow in every major newspaper, but I will reach more okay. people here yes. on this low-rated local uh, public access. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Because I, I actually, uh, before I went into comedy, I uh, took a stab at being a journalist. Like, oh. Yeah. Like, I w- worked at my college newspaper. Uh, I eventually became the... Uh, editor of the arts and entertainment section, which was very fun. And I just thought, man, if I can turn this into a job, I'll be set. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Keep in mind, this was, uh, I graduated college in 2007. So not a great time to be going into uh, the publishing industry. (laughs) That was when everything was moving online like no newspapers were hiring. It was basically <laughs> impossible to get a, a job as a as a writer. Um, so that well, ended things up things are not- much better now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right now we're in the uh, the next uh, Great Depression where no one is no one can get a job. <sighs> but anyway, I realized that. Um, well, I still think writing is my number one passion, but uh, journalism, not so much. I, I really <laughs> think I found comedy is my true passion. Same. Yeah, absolutely. So Jay is on his soapbox and <laughs> he's giving his speech. Uh, oh, I, he says, you know, if you stop going to bad movies, they'll stop making bad movies. <laughs> if the movie used to be a TV show, just don't go. After Roman numeral two, give it a rest. If it's a remake of a classic, rent the classic. Cut to a Hollywood exec in his office who's like, oh no, he's figured us out. And he jumps he out the jumps window. He jumps out the window. He just kills himself. Definitely a, another gag of someone just jumping out a window. We've seen that in The Critic before. We see that all they over. They love a good defenestration. I Yeah, defenestration is, uh, it's like slipping on a banana peel. It's always funny. <laughs> Uh, though I, I have to give a shout out. Um, I, I, I assume you're familiar with the the video collective known as Everything is Terrible. Yes. Who, who just got ripped off by Quibi. Oh, yes, that's right. They they made Memory Hole, mm-hmm. which they copied Everything is Terrible's logo and the name of and one the of name. their <laughs> shows. Um, but I, I bring them up because if you go to Vimeo, you can find uh, they made Defenestration the Movie. <laughs> which is like a seven minute long montage of clips from all different movies of uh. defenestrations. And it's amazing. Cause as you watch it, it's like they're grouped into categories. Cause there's, <laughs> there's people diving head first out windows. Then there's people going feet first out windows. <laughs> then there's people driving vehicles through windows. It's, it's amazing. I wonder how long it took to like collect all of those clips. I know it's it, it's uh, it's mind blowing to think about <laughs> an impressive they, amount of work. Yeah, um, but yeah, you see some of the classics in there, like you see um, Terminator Two, like you see Arnold being thrown out the shop window in the shopping mall. Right, uh, right. There's um, oh, Evil Dead Two, like the evil spirit, <laughs> like as it when it rushes into the house and, and it breaks through the window. Oh, there's I don't know if you've seen. Is it uh, oh, The Last Dragon, the exploitation kung fu <laughs> film. Show enough. There's a cl- classic defenestration in that movie that sure, sure enough shows up <laughs> in there. Uh, so, yeah, definitely check out Defenestration the Movie on Vimeo. 
Cool. Where were we? Oh, yes. Yeah. Jay is giving his speech on uh, English for cab drivers. <laughs> yes. And it eventually reaches all the way to the Pulitzer Prize Committee. Yeah. <laughs> it's hopeless. All the critics have sold out. We just won't give out an award for best criticism this year. There's something on English for cab drivers I think you all should see. <laughs> and, and like, he, he's been talking so long, his beard starts growing. Yeah, we see that he's like completely exhausted himself. It stinks, just don't go. Uh, but sure enough, he does get nominated for a Pulitzer. And so then um, <laughs> we see him putting on a tux when he's getting ready for the ceremony. And it's been so long since he's worn it, he finds this phone number like on a slip of paper that he's written down and he calls the number. Hello. Uh, hi, this is Jay Sherman. This may sound funny, but have we ever met? Jay Sherman? No, doesn't ring a bell. And it's <laughs> it's a woman who I guess he hooked up with years ago. It's the girl from the student film. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's it's. It's it's the lady in, in the uh, Prometheus. It's her. Oh my god! I never noticed Cause, cause that. She she has like a really similar hair. Like well, I, I think I think it's supposed to be her because it, she's, she she looks a lot like the the wedding dress lady. Oh man, that would be mind blowing if that's her. I wow. think it is. But yeah, she, she's holding. She says, "It's me, Jay Sherman." Never heard of him. She hangs up and it pulls out, and you see she's holding a baby Jay Sherman. Yeah. <laughs> Some somehow. Jay's son, Marty, dodged some of those actual genes to where he, yeah. he is a carbon copy of his dad. But the the girl from his student film, not so lucky nope. with, with her son. Uh, so we end up at the Pulitzer Prize ceremony. They say it's the only award show not to be televised. <laughs> uh, I love that. Uh, which is either a dig at the Pulitzers or just a dig at tv and how many freaking award shows are on tv so many yeah you know something that 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 i just found out this year what the nickelodeon kids choice awards is not run by nickelodeon what 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 is it run by price waterhouse coopers (laughs) (laughs) like some some other company just makes it but they brand it nickelodeon that's so weird. So, like, Nickelodeon is not 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 in any control of those awards. I guess that sort of makes sense because it's not like the things that get nominated are all stuff on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Like, it's it's just stuff from pop culture, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh. It's just some some other company like had an award show pitch, like shopped it around until Nickelodeon <laughs> bought it. I guess. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So weird. Um, but they still. They still slime people, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wonder if they still do that. I don't know. I remember seeing a clip uh, a few years ago of Katy Perry at the Kids' Choice Awards, and oh she gets it's something like she opens up a gift box and looks inside, and then there's like a jet that shoots slime up in her face from inside, and it looks violent. Uh, like I'm it sure looks that's like been clipped and slowed down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But it looks like they might have accidentally hurt her or something. (laughs) It it looks bad. Because, because again, it's it's some random company, you know. They they, they don't have Nickelodeon's deep expertise on on, on sliming safety. Yeah, they didn't have, you know, the uh, their slime safety technician (laughs) on hand. 
All right, so we're at the Pulitzer Prize yeah. ceremony hosted by the aforementioned <laughs> Jimmy, Breslin. Jimmy Breslin. Tonight, we will honor the greatest writers in America with a modest 9 by 12 certificate and a check for $3,000. $3,000? Stephen King makes that for writing boo on a cocktail napkin. Which, yeah, just a super obscure reference, I guess. <laughs> but if you know who he is, it kind of actually makes sense that he'd host the Pulitzers, I guess. Yeah. And sure enough, Jay, Jay wins, wins the Pulitzer. Uh, do we get, I forget if they say like if there are other nominees or I if they just. I don't remember because, because in the scene before they, they say well, there's, there's like no one to even nominate. Yeah, that's true. I just thought it would have been like another good like joke opportunity to name like other things right. nominated. But uh, oh, well, they uh, all right. They don't have to take every opportunity <laughs> to make a joke, I guess. Um, all right. So, yeah, Jay wins the award. Oh, yeah. And we don't even really see him give an award like nope. a victory speech or anything. There's like just, no time. Yeah. So we just go back to uh, Jay's apartment and that's where we get the gag with. Duke in the wall. Duke yeah. entering Duke just there. through the wall. And Jay goes, how'd you get in here? He goes, I have my ways. And it just pans <laughs> over to the Duke hole in the wall. Yep, love it. And so basically Duke admits he was wrong. He gives Jay a huge check to come back and do the show again. So hooray, we're back to the status Boom. quo. Like every, you know, sitcom. Every good sitcom plot. Yep. And um, so then the last... Uh, last scene of this show, we're back with uh, coming attractions and we're reviewing Arthur 3. Arthur, I'm afraid you have acute cirrhosis. And you have a cute little butt. <laughs> no, you don't understand. Your pancreas is swollen to the size of a basketball. Oh, no wonder I dribble so much. <laughs> this is very serious. You have less than a year to live. Oh, don't look now, but somebody's eating all your popsicles. <laughs> yeah, this is one of my favorite film parodies. They they really, like, stretch it as far as it'll go with uh, Dudley Moore. <laughs> Dudley Moore, yeah. He's, cracking he's, these, these jokes as the, the nurse tries to tell him that uh, he's dying. He's dying. <laughs> I, I, think, I think this is one that, that they even brought back for the actual clip show later in the series, right? Yeah, which is, that's unfortunately the the last episode of the entire series is that uh. clip show. But yeah, they definitely show uh, uh, Arthur 3 again. Uh, they get some more mileage out of this. And yeah, Jay just says it's good to, good be, back. to be back. And that's the credits. That's it. And it's just so brisk. And like all of that last Pulitzer stuff, again, is like the, that's like the last five minutes of the show. They're, they're like, oh, wait, we have to finish this somehow. Yeah, it's just to pay off the plot and, and just get us back to where we started. Um, and then just the very last thing, the closing gag of the oh. uh, the the usher at the end of the credits. And then Jay says, is the snack bar still open? I haven't done a lot of research on this, but is this like the first show that had like regular like post credits gags? You know, it very possibly could be. Because I can't think of any other shows before this that had a lot of like things where you actually sat through the whole credits and then more things happened. Yeah. Although, you know, I, I've remarked on this before, but they, they really only have like three or four different right, right. lines they that they just them. 
Yeah, they just kind of cycle through them, which like, I don't know, you know, a season only has 13 episodes. You can't come up with <laughs> 13 different uh, ways to insult a, an usher. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm still glad it's there. It's still a great yeah. gag. And it, it also implies that someone is making short films about his life and he watches them all the time. <laughs> Like, there's like yeah, another so there's, meta layer to it. There, there's Jay, the the real life person, and then there's the Jay we get on the show, the <laughs> critic that yeah. Jay, the person, is watching. And then, and then there's Jay, the TV critic within the show. Like, there's so many. Yeah, layers. there's layers, man. <laughs> uh, cool. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, was there anything in there so that good. you wanted to touch on that we didn't get to? I mean, we covered it all like this. I, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm finishing up a like animation pilot and oh, re- cool. rewatching this. I was like, I'm not doing enough with the medium. Like <laughs> there's so <laughs> much like you can pack in so much stuff that doesn't have to make sense as long as you keep moving. I'm like, that's I should I, I should be doing that more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like you can you can like throw to any location you can bring in yeah. random characters like yeah animation's really freeing in that way yes and like this is just i like this uh this, I, I love this show and it's, it's so dense with jokes that's like let's like this is the high bar of like jokes per second that i keep in the back of my head oh yeah write something and i love that uh like some of the jokes like serve the plot or you know or yeah. serve the character like they're in line with with the character and some of them are just completely random sometimes it's just hawk declaring <laughs> that he was in a porno and no yeah. one says anything um but yeah definitely a great great show to watch if you want to write a sitcom and you yeah. want to learn how to like throw out as many jokes as you can this is definitely a good good one to study for that all right so so yeah Frankie, thank you so much for being on this episode thank with me. Thank you very much. Uh, what do you want to shout out? What do you want to plug? Uh, yeah, so uh, my show, which is a, a, a magical talk show that I host as a wizard and co-host with Nick Caluzzi, who's also a, a wizard. Uh, we've moved to Twitch for now. Probably probably we'll keep doing uh, digital stuff, but we're every Friday at 8 o'clock Pacific on the Pack Twitch. And we also started a podcast just like you because we yep. finally got the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do it. Uh, the Wizworld Live Pod podcast, uh, which you can find on Anchor and Spotify and soon everything else. Cool. So the Wizarding World. Check yeah. that out. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Wiz, Wizworld Live. Wizworld Live on Twitter. Love it. That, yeah. Sounds like Wizarding World. Probably a hard one to Google. Because I think there might be something else that uses the <laughs> yeah. phrase Wizarding World. Something. But I looked and Wizarding World Live is legally distinct. <laughs> oh, nice. Perfect. <laughs> it's like when uh, Nathan Fielder made dumb Starbucks. Yes. Like, it's just different enough. <laughs> it's just different enough. Uh, all right. Awesome. Well, uh, once again, thank you so much for joining Thanks me. Thanks for having me, Brian. That is going to bring this episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast to a close. But, uh, you know, stay tuned because the next episode will be coming your way soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubinow. Our theme song is by Brandon Beck. You can email the podcast at itstinkspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter and Instagram at ItStinksPod. 